This is Luke 2, 8 through 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Hi. Merry Christmas. Um, God has helped me experience great joy by having babies. And I said to my husband tonight, give me one word to talk about joy. And he said, babies. I said, perfect, because we're talking about a baby called Jesus. Um, and just imagine how much fear Mary and Joseph had as he was coming and what his future would be, even though they knew, they were told by God what his future would be, but they still were just human, and they had to get up in the middle of the night and take care of a baby. And I have been blessed with two children who I've watched um, transform over the years. And back around, I think it was in 2020, Corey preached early on, he said, God wants to restore our family. And he's talking to Grace City about this. And he said he wants to transform us, and he's willing to take us through stuff for that. And Judy O'Brien, a year before that, had texted me, and she said, transformation happens by tiny little million mundane choices. And about two years before that, I wrote down a note that said, true joy is found in Jesus Christ, and his joy is not circumstantial, nor does it bend the knee to suffering. So for those of you who are parents and may feel like you're suffering at times because you don't feel maybe happy about what's happening in your children's lives or how you are as a parent, just trust God because he is going to give you joy and you will be fulfilled many times over in the years to come. And you'll be amazed because every time I talk to my kids, they blow me away because things that I shared with them or they learned at church or I don't know where they got it from. God just gave it to them. They shared it with me and they were words of wisdom that helped guide me and help me to have joy and to keep pressing in. Um, I just want to close with my husband's favorite life verse, which is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It's therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let's let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You know, the, with the theme joy, 
And the scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Anybody believe that today? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. Come on. You know, one of the greatest gifts we get to do is we get to uh, give to the Lord our gifts back to him. And I'm going to pray for our offering tonight. Uh, but every good and perfect gift comes from our God. And we're so grateful for the gifts that he gives that we get an opportunity to give it back to him. So let me pray for our offering. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We celebrate you for the God that you are. We thank you for every perfect gift that you've given unto us. Now we get this opportunity to give back to you. Now, God, we pray that you continue to strengthen us and continue to empower us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're online, you can give on text to give or you can give text to give or anywhere online or in, in the room later on when, you're, when we're leaving out a box in the back. God bless you.
Father and our God, we thank you and we adore you. We kneel down before you because you are the God, Emmanuel, the God that's with us. Now, God, as we deliver this message on the greatest gift, God, you are the potter. We are the clay. Mold us, shape us, make us, break us to what you need us to be. Holy Spirit, we give you full authority. Minister through our minds. Speak with our tongue. Love with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. 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 Hey, we just have a hand for our worship team that is getting through it in a big way tonight. It is not easy to deal with with uh, issues like a soundboard going down. We have a beautiful soundboard over there that is becoming an antique as we speak, isn't it? It's amazing. Listen, the, the truth of our evening today begins with this scene of this baby coming. And by the way, I just want to say, I am so grateful tonight. I have four grandchildren in the house tonight. And that is So welcome to you all. That's just lovely for me. Church, the, the beloved author and theologian Frederick Bigner. He tells a story of a friend uh, who was pastor of a church that held an annual nativity pageant. And one year, that pageant, uh, everything was breaking down, including the sound. So it's an appropriate story tonight. But the manger was down front during the pageant. And Mary was there with a blue blanket wrapped around her head. And Joseph was there with a cotton beard. And there was a handful of shepherds. And, of course, the Christ child laying in the straw, wrapped up, swaddled, lying in the manger. Well, the nativity story was read aloud uh, by the pastor, and carols were sung at the appropriate places, even though the sound wasn't working well. And all was going sort of like clockwork until uh, it came time for the arrival of the angels, the angels that we have heard. That's been our theme in this uh, Advent season. So the arrival of the angels, the heavenly hosts uh, are coming, and they're going to be represented by children that are in the congregation. They're already robed in white. They're seated with their parents, but the time comes from them all to come forward from various places. They're scattered throughout the pews. Well, at the right moment uh, that they were to come forward and gather around the manger, that's what they did, except there was one little tiny girl, little tiny angel, uh, who was so very tiny, she was elbowed out to the fringes of the crowd. And this could happen to you, Sloan. Well, they all sang... She, she, she was out, elbowed out to the fringes. She could, was standing on her tiptoes, but she couldn't see anything that was going on. And the angels all sang on cue about good news and great joy. And then in the pause that followed, a tiny little girl electrified the congregation, the entire church, by crying out in a piercing voice that only a child can do. Are you with me? You understand? It was shrill with irritation and frustration and sadness about not being able to see what was going on. Her view was blocked, and she shouted at the top of her tiny little lungs, Show me Jesus! And show me Jesus. Church, that, that's the best thing we can ever do. Show Jesus. So tonight we want to unwrap the greatest gift ever given, and we want to show it to you tonight. It's both good news and it's great joy. And so, Corey, come on. Corey and I are teaming up to preach tonight. Uh, you know, we'll go on for about an hour and a half, so just buckle up. No, just kidding. Uh, but, Corey, come unwrap the good news for us and show it to us. One of the things that is important 
for many of us, and even as children, is the question of showing me Jesus. Many of us have been in moments in our lives where we've raised the question, where are you, Jesus? Anybody know what I'm talking about? One of the things I, I know of and I get excited about at Christmas season is unwrapping gifts. Any young people in the room ready to unwrap gifts? And all of us at some point in our lives have experienced unwrapping a gift. Upon the unwrapping, we have experienced a plethora of emotions. Some of us are surprised. Some of us are disappointed. Some of us are happy. Some of us have gratitude. Some of us get angry. Some of us have joy. <laughs> we have two aspects of this giver. We have the giver of the gift and we have the receiver of the gift. The giver of the gift gets to give the gift, but the receiver of the gift gets to unwrap the gift. Anybody ready to unwrap this gift tonight? A gift is given to let someone know that you love and care and appreciate them. They give you this gift because they want to know that they care about you and I love you. Oftentimes the wrapping of the gift is the indicator that it is a gift. You know, uh, I don't care if you go and put pots and pans in your kitchen, one would say, okay, thank you for the pots and pans. But if you are a lover of cooking and pots and pans are there, you still don't understand what the pots and pans are there for unless you wrap it up. And then that person who is a talented cook gets these new pots and pans wrapped up. They open up, they, they open up and that it becomes a gift. It, but I come to tell you, it's not because of the wrappings that makes it a gift. It is the, it is the giver of the gift. The one who knows you, the one who loves you, the one that cares about you, the one has expectation and purpose for you, gives you this gift. And that gift becomes something special. It is this idea that we stand in anticipation, something that you want and hope for, that this gift is wrapped up and placed under the tree. Because the heart of the giver is to give you just what you need. I come to tell somebody this morning, this evening, that the heart of our giver is he wants to give you what you need. Amen. A part of the enjoyment, anticipation, and expectation is the wrapping of this gift. And, and the wrapping of this gift is something that's inside this box or inside of this place that's changes our lives, gives us hope, gives us expectation. But this reminds me that something I learned about gifts as well is that my 23-year-old years, his birthday is November the 30th. And I made this mistake, and I want to know if anyone ever made this mistake. I made this mistake November the 30th. We waited one year, y'all. We waited one year with the expectations and hope, Bob, to give a gift. He would be one years old in one month. And Rashima and I were so excited to give this one-year-old all of these gifts. And all of a sudden, we gave these gifts. He ripped open the box. He ripped open. And all he wanted to do was play with the paper and play with the boxes. We were so excited. But he played with the wrappings and he played with the boxes. And we even had to tell him, Nathan, open up your gift. Great City, I think as believers, we can make the mistake of getting caught up in the wrappings of life. 
and totally forget to open up the box with the gift inside. We can get caught up in Christmas wrappings and lose sight of the gift of Christmas that is inside the wrappings. The wrappings of our lives are all of our human needs and desires. We can get, we can find ourselves wrapped up in our jobs. We can find ourselves wrapped up in our families. We can find ourselves wrapped up in the opinions of people. We can find ourselves wrapped up in worry and anxiety. We can find ourselves wrapped up in material things of this world. But I, we can find ourselves not opening up the gift that is on the inside because we're caught up in the wrappings. I need you to tell somebody, don't get caught up in the wrappings. Don't get caught up in the wrappings. What we need to understand is that the gift that is on the inside is just for you. Let me say it again. The gift that is on the inside is just for you. The giver of the gift understands what you need. The giver of the gift knows what you need and knows what you need right now. Uh, the giver of the gift is your hope. The giver of the gift is a, understands your pain. The giver of the gift is the, he understands your greatest disappointment. The giver of the gift understands your deepest desire. The giver of the gift understands your fear. The giver of the gift understands exactly who you are. See, this gift is wrapped because of how much the giver of the gifts loves you. <laughs> the giver of this gift loves you. It's not even predicated on your appreciation for the gift. It's about the giver of the gift who was willing to give himself wrapped up in his love, his care, compassion, mercy, grace, and forgiveness, and give you and bring it close in your proximity, and all you have to do is unwrap the gift. Yes. The gift speaks of what we need, but the gift speaks of who God is. The gift speaks to your need for peace, but the giver of the gift is the God who keeps you in perfect peace. The gift keeps you in need for joy, but the giver of the joy is the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. The gift speaks to your need for love, but the giver of this gift is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This gift speaks of what you need, but this gift also speaks to who God is. Listen, we find ourselves with an angel delivering a message, and this angel comes to a shepherd. Don't you be afraid. I come to bring a gift to you. I come to bring good news. And if anybody could stand some good news, it was the shepherds. The shepherds were the bottom of the social ladder, but I come to give you some good news. The shepherds were uneducated, but the message was, I come to give you some good news. The shepherds were unskilled, but they came to give them some good news, y'all. The shepherds would steal from one another, but the word says, I come to give you some good news. The shepherd was viewed as people, unsavory character, but guess what, y'all? He came to give them some good news. The shepherd were viewed as people as dishonest, but guess what? He came to give us some good news. God, I come to tell somebody this morning, no matter how you see yourself, you may see yourself distance or away from God, but God will come in proximity and he has some good news to bring great joy. The good news of God is wrapped up in humanity. 
so that those who are further and who are away from God can come into the family of God. The good news is wrapped up, brought close to those who are farthest away. I come by here to tell you, if you feel far away from this gift, I come to tell you that he's right in your proximity right now. All you have to do is unwrap this good news. You may feel unworthy, but this good news is right here, right there. You may feel far from God, but this good news is right here. Unwrap this good news. You may feel like an outclass, but unwrap this good news. Jesus in proximity of the outsider. And when they unwrap this gift, they discover even an outsider is an insider. Oh, that's a preaching moment right there. Angel delivered a message to the shepherds. Can unwrap the good news. The God, the living word is there in proximity. Can wrap good, you can unwrap this good news. And this good news is the living word of God. Fred Hammond put it like this. Who is this good news? When I unwrap this good news, what is it? He's the bread of life. Sit down from glory. Many things you were on earth. He's a holy king, a carpenter. He is the living word. He's the bread of heaven. Sit down from glory. Many things you were. Holy king, a carpenter. He is the living word. He's an awesome ruler, gentle redeemer. He's the God that's with us. He is the living word. Can I say his name? He's Jesus, Jesus. That's what they call you. Pray for me, y'all. Following Corey Barnes is not easy. Bread of heaven. We'll sing for him. Sit down. Well, listen, I, I understand that as I look around this congregation, and this is true for me in my heart. Corey just unwrapped the good news. We have a Savior. That is good news. But for some of us tonight, even if we've known Jesus for a while or if we're just getting introduced to him for the first time tonight, it, we're not sure of the great joy part. I hear the news, but, but I'm not sure it's joy for me because he's the Lord, he's the Savior, he's the Messiah. And what in the end we might ponder, just what is he going to think of me? How can he deal with me and my life? What will he think of me? And here's the surprise at this first Christmas that the angels want all of us to hear that can change any anxiety we have about our uh, relationship with God to great joy. Changing anxiety to joy. Now, if you've ever watched... Who's who's ever watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Anybody ever watched that? Raise your hands. Yep. So you may or may not have noticed when you watched that the last time that there's something very quick that happens in the TV special. And you can easily miss it, but I'm going to tell you about it. Linus is a main character, and he is most associated with his ever-present security blanket. Amen? And throughout the entire story of Peanuts, all the characters work to no avail to separate Linus from his ever-present security blanket. He is wrapped up in it in every way. He's mature in every other way, but he will not let go of his blanket. He's wrapped in his blanket. Now, there's one act in the show that I didn't notice until a few years ago. But I want you, next time you watch it, I want you to watch for it. When Linus begins to quote what we are preaching from tonight, Luke chapter 2, right in the middle of speaking, just as he reads the words of the angel, fear not, he drops his security blanket. And I love this. This is what we can do. 
listen, Grace City, our, ours is a world where it is, is not easy to fear not, right? Amen. But the birth of Jesus, the reason this is a great joy, is because it can separate us from our fears. The birth of Jesus allows us to drop our false and inadequate wrappings of our various security blankets that Corey enumerated, and we hold on to them so tightly, and, and, and it empowers us to cling to Him instead and meet God with confidence rather than anxiety. The birth of Jesus declares that God is actually very fond of you. And that's great joy. Let's unwrap verses 13 to 14. Take a look. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So here we have so much going on. Angels, heavenly hosts, God in the highest. Something's going on. Someone way up there is pulling off something really remarkable for those of us way down here. And church, here's the Christmas promise. This is what the Messiah is up to. If you have to sum up the great joy of Christmas in one line, this works phenomenally well. From heaven to earth, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Peace. Yes, that's the word that often makes people dismiss Christmas, right? Many write it off as just another broken election promise. It's common each year at this time, and I read an article just this morning, an editorial in the Washington uh, Post, that uh, just pointing out all the wars that are in contrast to the peace that's declared on this day. Whether it's the Ukraine or Ethiopia or Haiti where wars are going on right now, we are rarely sort, short of choices. And we say, huh? Peace on earth? Really? Christmas is a fraud for so many because of that. But church, we have the wrong war. We have the wrong war. It's not about military operations any more than it's about feeling good about myself. It's about peace with God. It's to end a war that many of us don't even realize that we're in. Listen, it's not a normal human condition for us to hold on to God where he belongs in the center of our lives. Many of us will shrug with indifference when someone announces that we can have peace with God. We kind of just throw our shoulders up. And we can't even conceive that there might be harm in that. But if God goes to these lengths that we've been hearing about tonight to declare peace, then it matters far beyond what we truly imagine is important. And look, peace is not a universal offer, is it? Take a look. And on earth, peace to those on him, whom his favor rests. Now, some people will take it, take, take it for granted that they're on the list. God must like me. I'm a nice person. That's his job. He has to like me. But when we wrap ourselves in that sort of superficial, self-satisfied inner assessment, it guarantees that Christmas will be a, dis a disappointment and we'll only be left with a wrapping paper. Now, others of us, and maybe this is more germane here, other, others of us have the opposite notion. We think, why bother even telling me this story, Pastor Bob? What, what chance have I got? How could God love me? Look at me. If you knew about me, you wouldn't love me. How could God love me? And this is how much at war with God we've gotten up to. The walls are up, and so many of us have lost hope. But the angels, church, they see it differently, and we must hear them this day. They have a divine perspective, and the words we hear from them will not tolerate remaining deaf or blind uh, or hopeless in the light of this very good news. There is reason behind this great joy that the angels announced to the shepherds because it's for them, as Corey said, it's for the shepherds, and that means it's for you and for me as well. It's that the shepherds lead the way. 
For those of us who know we fall short of God's creation design, this is the great joy. Now, of course, this foundation of peace with God, it, it causes us, it calls us, and leads us to be ambassadors of peace on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody say amen to that. This gives us a job to do when we're called to the great joy of peace on earth. We must stand up to hate. We must wage peace against the root causes of violence. We must lift up the lost and the least among us. These burdens make up our assignment as recipients of God's peace. And do the shepherds at this point, Corey, understand all this? Probably not. I doubt it. If you could ask them where they are now in the story, would they have questions? They absolutely would have questions, and your questions are welcome. But here's what I love. It's enough to spark their curiosity. And the question is, is it enough to spark yours? Verse 15 often gets overlooked. Take a look at verse 15 again. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said, I don't know what's going on. I make it up. I don't know what's going on. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Show me Jesus. See this thing that the Lord has told us about. Come and see Come and see, church. Come and see. Unwrap the good news and the great joy. Because if you were in Bethlehem that night and you traveled with the shepherds, you might just have gotten to hold the baby. Something happens to us, doesn't it, when we hold a baby? The first time it can almost scare you to death. They don't do anything. But you can't take your eyes off them. And it's hard not to have hope when you hold a baby, isn't it, Sarah? It was decades ago now. But I still remember that moment when my first daughter arrived. And it had been a long night of pain and exhaustion for Sue, and it had been an odd night of feeling helpless and worthless for me. We didn't know that she was a girl until she was born, and she's grown up now, and I could spend the rest of the day telling you about her. But at the time she was born, I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know if she'd love music or play soccer. I, I didn't know if she'd be good at math or want to be a writer. I didn't know if she'd grow up to be an attorney or grow up to need an attorney. <laughs> I didn't know anything about her except I knew that she belonged to me. And that's not a statement about genetics. That's a statement about heart, right? But then the nurse wrapped her up and asked, would you like to hold her? And not even poets have the vocabulary to describe that moment, right? I was overwhelmed. I was scared. I knew nothing about her except that she belonged to me. Now, church, it's a little bit like that for you right now. This baby, Jesus, is here right now. Born of a woman, as is every child, yet born of God's power, as was no other child. And this baby belongs to you. Can you hold out your hands? This baby belongs to you. And because of this baby, you can know with utter confidence and with great joy that you belong to God. Amen. Corey, come on and unwrap the rest of our good news and great joy. As Pastor Bob said something so powerful that he choked up every time he says that, how they wrapped the baby up and put him in his arms. Well, Rashim and I were opposites. We did not want to hold babies. We were just like, they're too small. I can't, I'm scared of them. Uh, we, were, we, we were so afraid of, 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 of babies because they were so small. But here it is where we are in the text, and this is where we are in this moment right now where Rashima, Bob, you took the risk and you 
that baby wrapped up in you grabbed hold and it changed your life. Rashima and I were like, I don't know, you know, we're not ready. <laughs> yeah, hold it off. But here we are in the text with three things. You have Caesar gave a, gave a, gave a decree. The angel gave a declaration. And here we are now in the text with a decision. Rashima and I had to make a decision that whether we were gonna pick this baby and put this baby in our arms and let this baby change our lives. I come here to tell you today that we have come now to a decision. You know the story. The story is that Jesus came here on earth wrapped up in a manger. He wasn't placed on under the tree, but he was placed on a tree so that you and I may live. And this is in the question for you tonight. Are you willing to pick it, this baby up, unwrap him, and let him change your life? If you're willing to do that, this is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, says to the church of Rome. How do I do that, Pastor Gordon? It's simply this. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he says, you have unwrapped this gift and this gift is yours. For it's with the heart you believe and justified and with the mouth that you profess your faith and you have this gift. This gift is yours. It's no, and, and, and I know what you're saying. I'm not worthy of this gift. I, he doesn't want me. And then he writes these words. Listen to these words. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. Watch this. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I don't deserve this God. None of us earned him. None of us deserved him. But he came, and all he wants you to do is unwrap him and receive him. I have a question for you tonight. Will you receive him? Because he loves you. It's not about you. It's about the giver of the gift who loves you so deeply. Comes right in your proximity. Just open up your heart. Open up your mouth. And, and receive the love of our Savior. Amen. Let me pray for us. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We celebrate you for this wonderful gift. Thank you for coming to our coming in our proximity and allowing us to receive you. And God, we thank you in advance for the transformation of our lives, for this wonderful gift that you've given us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And all God's